0: As I mentioned earlier, we are continuing our series on Got Questions? Get Answers. Last Sunday, Pastor Andy and I preached on purpose and we talked about why we were created to become more like Christ and to serve. Today, we're going to look at doubt. What should I do? How many times in our lives have we had doubts? Many times we felt uncertain about something Doubt is a necessary part of our spiritual journey, but it can be crippling. Consider the fact that almost half of the people, 46% that experience spiritual doubt, respond by quitting church all together. Spiritual maturity is one of the greatest needs in our churches today. Before we go any further, exactly, What is doubt? Doubt's a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. We don't really believe something, or we question the truth or the fact about something. Maybe we don't know what to do, or we may not believe a person or their word. We may feel uncertain about our religious beliefs. So when those times happen, what should we do? Our scripture said, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he will tell you gladly. He will not resent your asking, but when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. What we need to understand this morning is that doubt is okay. It's not a sin to struggle with questions of who God is and what it means to belong to him or why things happen the way they do and so on. Those are natural questions anyone seeking God must ask. James is condemning an attitude that questions whether God and his word can be trusted. But even the disciples and John the Baptist had doubts at times. However, a distrustful, suspicious attitude toward God poisons our spirit, making joy impossible. So what do we do when a crisis of faith hits us? Will God ignore our prayers when we doubt? It's not so much that God withholds answers when our faith is shaky, but that we are not prepared to receive or recognize his answers at such times. To make sense of our sufferings, we must believe that God is somehow going to turn pain, evil, and tragedy into eternal good. Without a deep trust in God, we don't often recognize God's answers. Again, it's not a sin to doubt disbelief is sin but questioning sincerely seeking is acceptable to god because in the presence of god you may ask any question you want it's not wrong to ask why abraham moses and david all struggled to understand god however they had a total reliance on god which is what we also need to do Max Lucado assures us that God never turns his back on those who ask honest questions. He never did in the Old Testament, and he never did in the New Testament. So if you are asking honest questions of God, he will not turn away from you. Perhaps the reason God doesn't always give us the answers to the wise of our existence is that he knows we don't have the capacity to understand the answer. In learning to depend on God, we must accept that we may not know all the answers, but we know who knows all the answers. Second Timothy 3:16 and 17 say, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to repair and equip his people for doing every good work. It's also important to remember that getting to know God is a lifelong journey. I mentioned this recently in another sermon. It doesn't happen right away. Our faith takes time to grow and develop. James tells us there are four essentials for victory in trials. We don't always feel this way maybe, but when we're going through something, we should have a joyful attitude, an understanding mind, a surrendered will, and a heart that wants to believe. When we are experiencing doubts and uncertainties, we pray for wisdom. Instead, we usually ask for strength or grace, or even a removal of our trials. We need wisdom so we will not waste the opportunities that God is giving us to mature. Commentator Warren Wiersbe tells us, wisdom helps us to understand how to use these examples, these circumstances for our good and God's glory. And he shared the following story. He said, an associate of mine, a gifted secretary, was going through great trials. She had had a stroke. Her husband had gone blind, and then he had to be taken to the hospital, where we were sure he was going to die. I saw her in church one Sunday and assured her that I was praying for her. What are you asking God to do, she asked, Her question startled me. I'm asking God to help you and to strengthen you, I replied. I appreciate that, she said, but pray one more thing. Pray that I will have the wisdom not to waste all of this. You know, we don't always understand at the time what we're going through, and um, as I was sharing this this morning, it reminded me that When I was caring for my husband for a year, 24 seven, I just knew that God was preparing me for something and that's when I was preparing to go into ministry and I know that because of that circumstance in my life, it has given me a better opportunity and understanding to minister to people. God doesn't waste our circumstances. This lady also knew the meaning of James 1. James not only explained what to ask for, wisdom, but he also described how to ask. We are to ask in faith. We do not have to be afraid, for God is anxious to answer, and he will never scold us. James 4.6 says God gives us grace generously. The greatest enemy to unanswered prayer is unbelief or doubt. James compares the doubting believer to the waves of the sea up one minute and down the next. You know when Peter tried to walk on the water to meet Jesus he was fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus but as soon as he began to doubt and he took his eyes from Jesus he began to sink. The lesson for us is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep believing in him. In the first three verses in James 1, we learn God gives us endurance through trials. In the next four verses, we learn God gives us wisdom. The testing of our faith brings mature growth and results in joy. They refine us and bring us closer to God. When we're burdened by doubt and despair, we need to look to Jesus. God uses circumstances, even hard ones, to help our faith grow. We need to be sure our faith is in God alone. Instead of complaining about our struggles, we should see them as opportunities for growth. Thank God, promising to be with you through rough times ask him to help you solve your problems or to give you the strength to endure them and then be patient God will not leave you with your doubts or problems he will stay close and help you grow James talks about wisdom he's referring not only to knowledge but to the for the ability to make wise decisions in difficult circumstances. Whenever we have doubts or are seeking to help understand, we can pray to God and he will generously give us what we need. Christians don't have to feel confused or lost because we can ask for God's wisdom to help us make the best choices or decisions. The wisdom we need has three distinct characteristics. First, it's practical. God's wisdom relates to life even in the most trying times. It's the tool by which trials are overcome. And two, his wisdom is divine. God's wisdom is more than common sense. Common sense does not lead us to choose joy in the midst of trials. This wisdom begins with respect for God leads us to living by God's directions and results in the ability to tell right from wrong. And third, it is Christ-like. Asking for wisdom is ultimately asking to become like Christ. To believe and not doubt means not only believing in the existence of God, but also believing in His loving care we can be sure that God will hear and answer when we pray, and God will align our desires with his purposes. When we doubt, we're not convinced that God's way is best. If your faith is new or weak or struggling, remember we can trust God, then be loyal to him. To stabilize your waving or doubtful mind, commit yourself wholeheartedly to God. Doubt leaves a person as unsettled as the waves in the ocean. So if you want to stop being tossed about, rely on God to show you what is best for you. Ask for wisdom and trust that he's going to give it to you. Then your decisions will be sure and solid. Some refer to doubt as being double-minded. A person either follows Jesus or does not. We cannot be double-minded about a decision for Christ or a life of faith. James 4.8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. David Moser wrote, God created human beings with free will and that includes free choice. Our mind helps us to look at the facts, weighs evidence gain through experience, and then makes decisions that reflect a faith in God or a faith in something else. If it if all else fails in your walk of faith or if life's decisions constantly befuddle you, then remember this simple little maxim. Let the mind of the master. Be the master of your mind. In Romans 8, 6, Paul wrote, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. There's another definition of doubt. It's the opposite of what we've been talking about so far. The opposite of uncertainty is certainty. So instead of saying, I doubt it, you might say, I have no doubt about it. That means you are absolutely sure of something. Whenever you have doubts about your faith, you can be absolutely, positively certain, without a doubt, that God loves you that he cares about every detail of your life, and that you can trust him in all things. Our minds are important to our faith. We can either accept what is in the Bible or not. You've heard many times that Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul wrote in Philippians 2.5, you must have the same attitude that Christ has. We need to lay aside our rights in order to serve others. You know, how often do we hear the saying today, or this expression, or someone tell us, it's my right to do this or to do that. But if we say we follow Christ, then we must also live the way he lived. If we have the mind of Christ, we will not have any doubts. If we believe in him, study and apply scripture, fellowship with other Christians, do what is right, and listen to our conscience, our doubts will disappear. We must ask without any doubts, trusting in the power and desire of God to give us what is best, believing that we shall receive what God knows is good and right for us to have. Hebrews 11:1 tells us, "Now faith is being sure of what we hope and certain of what we do not see." If we have faith in God, we can be sure and certain of his love in the Bible's wisdom. Sure and certain describe faith. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he says. The end point is believing in God's promises. He will do what he says. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises even though we don't see Those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 directs us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding in all that you do. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. God is a better judge of what we need than even we are. We must trust Him completely in every choice that we make. We should not omit careful thinking or belittle our God-given ability to reason, but we should not trust our own ideas to the exclusion of all others. We should always be willing to listen to and to be corrected by God's word and wise counselors. God will not only guide you, He will protect you. Romans 10:17 gives us another affirmation of the importance of reading and studying and applying the Bible to our lives. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news of Christ. So the next time you doubt any aspect of your faith, what it is God wants you to do, remember doubt is removed to scripture, prayer, and trusting that God knows what is best always. When you believe in God with all your heart, you will no longer have uncertainty about your faith because you will be assured that God loves you. He cares about you. He created you for a purpose, and he wants what is best for you always. There is no doubt about it. Say that with me. There is no doubt about it. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.